Good evening, everybody. It's your boys, Fat Mac and Pasty White. We're here to bring you all the horrible, despicable, sad, depressing, awful news from this week in pro wrestling. Hit him with the headline, Fat Mac. Well, I mean, it isn't all sad this week, but definitely one of the saddest eras in the history of pro wrestling because an era actually ended today. Yes, folks. Sorry to say that the Attitude Era is officially dead. We know it was gone. We know it had retired. We know it hadn't been in the ring for a while, despite those two grandparent teenagers that were just on the Saudi Arabia show. But no, it is officially dead because Stone Cold Steve Austin, the man that could give you a hell yeah, hook me up with a Steve Weiser, soak your boss with a truck full of beer, you damn son of a bitch, don't trust anybody, I don't give a fuck, lying, cheating, some bitch, stomp a mud hole in your ass, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Revealed on his podcast, The Steve Austin Show, that he has started a new health regiment and he is no longer drinking alcohol. No. This hypocritical bastard sells his own beer. Right. Does he take that off the shelves? I think it must have been a big thing for him to decide to want to stop drinking. Because even recently, he's been drinking with people on his podcast. Those are my favorite episodes to listen to. Yeah, but you know, ever since he moved to Los Angeles, he just slowly, slowly starts hippifying himself. He's been doing yoga, and he, he drinking eats kale. These, yeah, he drinks these vegetables, <laughs> and he's you know getting smart cars instead of trucks, and it's just, it's just yeah. I think he's just he's pussifying himself. He's gonna grow out his hair and put it up in a man bun. Next thing you know, he'll be sucking on a vape stick. Yes, indeed, a, a sad state he has left pro wrestling in. It is. It's hard. God, I get my beer drinking attitude from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. But I mean, he's been drinking hard for a lot of years. That shit will catch up to you. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I hope not. I hope like hell not. Because I'm going to keep drinking hard. Tell me why. The first thing I think is him, like, slamming a Fanta. (laughs) (laughs) The first thing. Like, Stone Cold's drink of choice besides beer, Fanta. Oh, hell yeah! Mm -hmm. Does everybody have a goal for Steve Austin? Oh, hell yeah! Oh, hell yeah! You got a pin, give it to me, jackass. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, that is, uh... <laughs> Want a Fanta? Don't you want a want a Fanta? Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! <laughs> that just doesn't. 
just doesn't jive, man. Just doesn't jive. Not at all. Uh, speaking of Stone Cold's quitting drinking alcohol, Pasty, I'm gonna have to step away and get me a couple bottles myself. Alright. While he steps away, folks, I think it's important to bring to you a little bit of knowledge. And that's Beefsticks Podcast exists in other means beyond this show. You can catch up with us on all the good social medias and stay up to date with everything in pro wrestling. We are always making wonderful things and sharing them with our community. So come and join us, facebook.com forward slash beefsticks podcast or on Twitter at beefsticks podcast CSB for cloud style broadcasting, our parent company, whom which this show could not exist and feel free to send us an email at beefstickspodcast at gmail.com let us know what you think drop us a line go to our facebook page and leave a review let us know what you think of the podcast let us know what we're doing great and what we could be doing better pronunciation on my part (laughs) (laughs) i can't win i just can't win (laughs) my jaw doesn't want to keep up with my brain yeah, that can be that can be a bitch. Get that cock jaw. I mean that lock jaw. That power rock jaw. All right. Knock you off your socks jaw. What it is? It's a power rock evening, man. I feel like we're not hyped enough for this power rock show. I know. We, should, we need to be like like Mojo Rowley mode. You know what I mean? Right. We got to step it up a little bit. Speaking of Mojo Rowley, I was catching up on the uh, WWE story time because it's one of the few originals that I like over there on WWE Network. And man, even Mojo Rowley has one of my least favorite WWE story times. It's like, ah, that guy just... He's not trying to impress me, that's for sure. (laughs) He's not very interesting. He's not. He's not. I haven't liked him. I haven't liked. I didn't ever like him in NXT. I was surprised he got called up. Kind of. He's got the Vince look. He was a football guy. It makes sense that Vince would want to bring him up. But. But like every other NXT call up, he hasn't done shit with him. I'm assuming it won't be long before he goes his own way. Future endeavors. You never know. You know, pasty though. Sometimes it works out when people go their own way. You know, uh, Chris Jericho went his own way. Started wrestling in other companies. First he started out in New Japan. And Vince said, that's okay, buddy. That's okay. And, and Jericho said, you know, I'm not going to I'm not gonna wrestle in the United States because that's Vince's territory. But I'll wrestle in Japan. I'll do what I want. Then he showed up at All In. And then Vince wasn't happy. And then Jericho started his own cruise and ran his own show. Well, now, that's not in the United States. International uh, waters, baby. But it, it, it departed from and returned to the United States. So <laughs> technically, I guess the the address is the United States. Somebody was oh, asking no. me He's where it came out te- of. He's te- definitely... Uh, te- uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. That pronunciation <laughs> is rough tonight. <laughs> 
He's definitely tap dancing around that line Vince McMahon drew the best of his abilities. Because he didn't wrestle at all. No, he didn't. He still showed And his up. boat cruise, like I said, international waters, baby. But how international? It left Miami, went to the Bahamas. I mean, I guess it's, it's in between nations. Yeah, I think it's anything, what is it, seven miles off coast? Oh, no, way farther than seven miles. Is it only seven miles? That doesn't sound right. Because you got to go about seven, you know, you got to go a good mile off coast just to get anywhere to begin with. But The Norwegian Jade? That's a dumb name for a boat. Did you hear one of the stages was the Stardust stage? No. Poor poor Cody Rhodes. He can't escape it no matter where he goes. (laughs) I'm sure part of him holds on to it fondly. It was a good bonding time for him and his brother. It was just a gimmick he couldn't escape. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, 13.8 the... miles. So, yeah. Okay, so double seven miles, pasty. Okay, but still pretty close. It's not close. It was only halfway. <laughs> no, 14 would be halfway. <laughs> <laughs> that is odd that 13.8 miles. It must go by knots. It's 12 knots. Look up miles. how many knots. Okay, I was wondering. Yeah, that's what it is. It's 12 mm-hmm. knots. I was going to say. That makes more sense. That makes a lot more sense. 12 knots. I wish I would have been there, but for those folks who weren't there, Pasty, we have the rundown of what they missed. Well, we have the rundown of what they missed wrestling-wise. He had a whole shebang there with stand-up comedy and with music. I mean, they had themselves a gay old time, man. And I'm not talking about homosexuality either. Yeah, I really wish we could have went. It would have been fun. It would have been so much fun. If he throws another one, I think that should definitely be in the books. Yeah, it just can't be cheap, man, I bet. <laughs> Sometimes it's you not even. Say, Fuck it. You know the, the thing that sucks about cruises when you're jackasses like us that live in Minnesota. Uh, nine times out of ten, just traveling to the port right. costs the same amount as the cruise. So you're basically doubling what you what you're gonna pay. I mean, that's the biggest bitch. I've uh, I've looked up cruises before, and it's like, God damn, some of them, the, the flights are more than the damn cruise. We'll just hop on an e-scooter and make our way for the coast. <laughs> Gra- grab your cumby, hop on an e-scooter, and dip off. And folks, if you have no idea what we're talking about, you better tune in Monday for the latest episode of Buttered Pop Culture. Yes, indeed. Where we cover the first half of the newest season, that's season 22 of everybody's favorite small Colorado town, South Park. And the reason we're getting at it right away and doing the first half, because we got Tegarty. Tegarty Farms. But Chris Jericho's rock and wrestling rager at the sea. You know, it's probably not the longest, but that is one of the longest names of any wrestling show that I know of. Uh, He could have knocked it down a little bit, but you know what works? I I honestly don't like the uh, graphic. I don't know if anybody's seen the graphic. It is pretty cheap looking. 
Next year, hit me up. Hit me up, Jericho. I'll I'll whip you up something nice. It looks amateur. I don't know why, but it looks amateur. I mean, it's cool. Hell, you hit me up right now. I'll let you use the uh, graphic I made for this episode of the podcast. So if you didn't know, Jericho is running a Sea of Honor tournament. Yes. In co-promotion with Ring of Honor. So we're not going to get into to details. In fact, we're going to be straight up in front with you folks. We watched every single match. Actually, we watched one match. It was the main event. But yeah. So, yes, we, we didn't watch all. We didn't watch any of the Sea of Honor tournament, but we did watch the main event. But well, not. I mean, tournaments are fun. I, I enjoy them. And this is a, a, a great gathering of grapplers. If I ever done seen one. But there's still only so much you can do. It would have been fun to watch, but, um, I mean, what are you going to say? There's never real storylines to go through it and all of that. So, without further ado, we're going to knock off round one. Round one's always the most boring round. We had the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, defeat the returning Delirious. God, one of my favorites who you haven't seen for moons, moons, many moons. Then we had Dalton Castle defeat Matt Taven via disqualification, but pasty Dalton got hurt during this match. Oh no. Oh no. Next up we've seen the villain, former Bullet Club member, although at the time current Bullet Club member, Marty Skrull, defeating Rhett Titus. Up next we had one of the Briscoe brothers, we'll just say it was Mark, defeating Will Ferreira. I think Will Ferreira is the bastard child of Will Sasso and Ed Ferreira. <laughs> oh, God. I think. I'd love to see that creation. I think. I, God damn, that'd be an abortion of an abomination. Of I think you can mix anybody abyss. with Will Sasso, and I'd be highly amused. <laughs> Up next, we have the go. spry. Will Sasso and Will Ferrell. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> we had the That's spry. your dream monster. Flip Gordon taking on the last real man, Silas Young, and beating him. Ooh. Then we had Hangman Adam Page defeating Frankie Kazarian. Then we had the barroom combination of a cheeseburger and beer. But Cheeseburger, the little skinny, scrawny Cheeseburger, actually defeated the Beer City Bruiser. Oh, Jesus. I had so much faith in him. He was just on Jericho's podcast. Well, just was kind of quite a while ago. Right. Well, only about two months ago or so, but yeah. I would love to see how Cheeseburger pulled this off. Right. Um, Both great uh, underrated wrestlers. I don't think enough people know and watch Cheeseburger or Beer City Bruiser. They should both go to WWE where they would be used well. Fun fact, folks. The reason he's the Beer City Bruiser and not the Brew City Bruiser, you know, because he's out of Milwaukee, which is Brew City, is because there is a female roller derby team called the Brew City Bruisers. <laughs> uh, which he said he's a fan of, so. Next up, we had another Briscoe. Let's just say it was Mark, even though it's Jay. And he defeated Kenny King. So, leaving this, we had Christopher Daniels, Dalton Castle, Marty Skrull, Mark Briscoe, Flip Gordon, Adam Page, Cheeseburger, and Jay Briscoe all precede to the quarterfinals. Sounds like a good quarterfinal round. Up next, taking the place of an injured Dalton Castle, was Ashley Remington. Who that? Pasty, do you know Ashley Remington? No. Ashley Remington is a Chikara wrestler. Um, 
Much the same way um, El Generico trained Sami Zayn, let's just say Ashley Remington trained Dalton Castle. Ashley Remington is is almost like a, a male Kyrie Sane, a, a boating <laughs> a boating enthusiast. Um, so yeah, Ashley Remington is the boating enthusiast who will say trained Dalton Castle. Um, Ashley Remington defeated Christopher Daniels. Flip Gordon defeated Marty Skrull. Kind of a movie mall for me right there. Jay Briscoe defeated Cheeseburger, and Mark Briscoe defeated Hangman Page. Why didn't the Briscoes go against each other? Well, because what better way than in the quarterfinals than to do it in the semifinals? So we've seen Flip Gordon in the now feeling better Dalton Castle go head to head. These two matches I, I would love to, I'm going to go back yeah. and watch. Flip Gordon defeated Dalton Castle, and then we had the Briscoe brothers bashing balls and brawling with Jay Briscoe picking up the win over Mark Briscoe. I'm definitely going back and watching. I, I'll watch that, and then I'll watch the uh, finals, I suppose. I might just start it at the quarterfinals. I think there could be some good stuff there. Oh, there, I'm sure there is. Hey, well, you have to, Pasty, because you have to see Ashley Remington. Yeah. He is awesome. You're, you're going to love Ashley Remington. Trust me. He is great. Um, the finals then, seen Flip Gordon defeat Jay Briscoe. Looking at all of the people in the original tournament, I would never have guessed Flip Gordon was going to win this. They've been all about Flip Gordon since Man. all in. They've been flipping and flipping <laughs> Gordon. You think he joins the elite soon? You know, I have no idea what the fuck the elite's doing at this moment, so I honestly don't know. I, don't I think know the elite is set. Taking new the elite, they said no matter what, they're traveling together. So. Yeah, but I don't know if they're planning on adding people. I don't know if they're, you know, we don't know where they're going to be wrestling. We don't know. We don't know nothing. Nothing. It could still go the route of the uh, old NWO Wolfpack and... Join back up with Bullet Club sometime down the line in a year or two. We never, we don't know. Oh, I think there should be wars. It should be wars. The war. Wars. So, folks, if you're wondering why the fuck these people were in a Sea of Honor tournament other than they just wanted to go on a cruise and have fun and only wrestle a few matches, which actually wrestle four matches if you're going all the way. Flip Gordon, the winner, receives a Ring of Honor World Championship title match against Jay Lethal sometime in the future. Very much like Nia Jax will sometime in the future get her women's title match. Then came the main event, Pasty. The main event of the night. We see the Bullet Club, composed of the cleaner, Kenny Omega. The I don't know Cody and the villain Marty Skrull taking on Alpha Club, which is the Alpha Chris Jericho and the Young Bucks. Yes, this was fun. Um, I loved I loved Chris Jericho. I loved his look. He dressed up completely Buck like. Yes, he was and- a Buck. And when they're running all around the ring and shit, a lot of times you you lose him in it. Like, you can't tell which buck is which. You can't tell which is a Jericho and which is a buck. He did such a good job. Um, But really fun. Uh, Obviously, this was not the best match any of these six have ever had. 
but I don't think that's what it was there for. No, but it was a good match. It was a lot of fun to watch. And I like that all these guys are able to shut off the friendship just like that. Right. Like even down to the beginning where uh, Nick Jackson reaches out his hand to shake and Skrull like pulls back. Yep. Yeah. And, and the fact that um, and on the Bullet Club side, you know, they were there were hesitations between Omega and Rhodes like Rhodes didn't want to tag in Omega. But then when Omega finally tagged himself in, he was like, well, you know what? I'll tag in Rhodes. And so they kind of put their differences aside and worked together. Mm-hmm. Which I think is, is part of the storyline going forward of them now being a a group again, a team. Yeah. They'll be a little rocky, is, but it'll be is, okay. Yeah, that dissension is lifting. Uh, the Bullet Club ended up picking up the win, which I, I figured they would. I think Jericho is... Uh, old-fashioned wrestler and i think he would want to lose in his own territories but at least the first time i'm sure there's going to be another one but um it was this was fun this was fun we got to see uh we got to get a melter driver in there um i think they were going to go for an indie taker but that got broken up it was either going to be an indie taker or another melter driver but we got the melter driver we got the one winged angel we got the um uh what's it called cutthroat walls yeah, yeah. Well, we know the uh, the double the Bucks put on their half Boston Crab and Jericho put on his okay. walls all at the same time. Yeah, so they all got their their maneuvers in at the same time. Yeah, just a really fun match. I enjoyed yeah, it. It was it was solid. It wasn't great. It definitely no. wasn't bad. It was a very solid match. Good pacing. Uh, Bullet Club as heels. Uh, Alpha Club, Y2AJ, or is it the Bucks of Jericho? Yep. Or not Y2AJ. (laughs) (laughs) Much brain pasty today. That's a different one. That's bad. Uh, (laughs) Y2 Bucks, or is it the Bucks of Jericho? Y2AJ was a very cheap t-shirt boy that didn't last 24 hours. That I I completely (laughs) forgot existed. What was the other? Uh, God, I was just watching something, and I was like, "Oh, I forgot they were a tag team," and now I already forgot again. So, I guess it's not, <laughs> guess it's not important. But they won no the tag boom. team titles. I was watching one of those top ten lists a while back, man, and it was the top ten worst tag team title reigns. Mm-hmm. And it made me realize why I had quit watching wrestling in the in the period I did because I think. Nine out of the ten of the worst tag team title reigns were between like 2002 and 2008, just within the time I really wasn't watching WWE. And I was like, a lot of them, I was like, fuck, I didn't even know they were wrestling as a team. And some of them, I was like, I don't even know those people. So, yeah, this is definitely, um, I, I recommend watching the main event. But as you and I both said, Pasty, I think going back and watching some, all, a little bit of the tournament would definitely be good. If you're a fan of Ring of Honor or any of these wrestlers, you're going to have fun with it. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there other wrestling on the cruise, too? Like, I don't think this was all of it. Maybe one night. Um, There might have been, although this is an awful lot of um. I just matches. thought there was other wrestlers from other promotions there, too. Let's see. Um, there is two hours of wrestling there, one hour of wrestling. There was only three hours of wrestling on the whole cruise. Oh, so. Jesus. Or is that? 
That oh, seems no, that, wrong. That, no, sorry. That was one day. There's okay. three hours of wrestling. Yeah. There's another three hours of wrestling that day. So, no, there's probably... You know what? I'll let you know. I will let you know who was all on here. Maybe I mean, I know they had a lot of other stuff. There was a lot of bands on there. I know there was... There was a well, lot was, of stand-up comedians, podcasts being done. I was pretty sure Okada was going to be there and some, some other uh, New Japan guys I was pretty sure were supposed to be there. But maybe they were for some of the um, shows and podcasts. I don't know. You know, Jerry Lawler and, and Jim Ross did a thing. Yeah. And Jer- Jericho did three different podcasts. Um, yeah, it sure shows a lot of other pro wrestlers. So there had to be other matches than this. This is probably just the main night and probably the only recorded matches. Because they got Brandy Rhodes, Mandy Leon, uh, Matt Taven. Who else do they have that we haven't talked about? Sumi Sakai, Jenny Rose, LAX, Brian Cage, Sammy Callahan, Johnny Impact, Rey Mysterio, Raven. Yeah. They got yeah. There was definitely more. Um, Rey Mysterio Impact. ain't gonna be winning anytime soon in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that he was wrestling. He's under the special guest, so I don't know that he was actually wrestling. But yeah, so there there was probably more wrestling than that. Just wasn't uh, recorded. Would be my guess. Just basically your your house show on the scene. Fun times and good days. Oh yeah. Now to go further across seas, it's time to talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling's power struggle. Fuck, they're struggling for power. Well, before we move on, let's let's just say that at during the cruise of Jericho, that was where the elite officially said that they were no longer part of Bullet Club and they are currently just the elite. That was when they made that actual official announcement. And Cody Rhodes also officially announced that there will be an all-in two. So there's some, there was two big news things coming out of that. So that's good. That's cool. I think we all knew there was going to be an all-in two. Oh, hell yeah. But now it's official. Uh, it, they came out with an official word way sooner than I expected, which makes me think they're not going to make it um, an annual thing where like they would be at the same time next year. But maybe. It takes a while to do this stuff. Yeah, I want to say they probably announced it this time last year. Oh, they announced it. Yeah, they announced it like two years ahead of time or a year and a half ahead of time. Wasn't it or was it a it was over a year that they had announced it, I'm pretty sure. But it, uh, but well, I think it was not, not that they had, I guess not that they announced it. I guess it was it was over a year from the time that Meltzer had posted Ring of Honor will never do a show that that does that. Uh, 100,000 seats, and then Cody said, give us three months and we can do it. Okay, it was over a year from the time Cody said that. (laughs) So obviously they didn't start prepping that day. Right. But that's kind of what I consider the jump. That was the jumping off point. That was what what triggered them to want to do it. So, I don't know. I'm excited for it. I'm happy for it. Hell yeah. I'm intrigued to see where this whole elite thing goes. I'm intrigued to see where uh, Bullet Club OG goes. I would be happy if they just dropped the OG and went back to just calling themselves Bullet Club. It'd be super awesome if some of the guys who went to WWE and aren't happy anymore went back and went back to Bullet Club OGs. Then you could have somewhere down the line the real Bullet Club OGs 
versus right. the Elite. Because right now you have a group called the Bullet Club OGs and Jay White is running it. And Jay White's probably the newest Bullet Club member of all. So right. it's like, yeah, I get it. I get it, though. Hey, I still give him credit for having uh, Ming in it. Any group that Ming's in, or Haku, whatever you want to call him, I'm sold. I'm sold. But yeah, you're right. We're going farther overseas, and we're going to check out the power struggle. All right! I was excited for this one because of uh, because of three matches, which ended up being the three final matches. We're going to run down the card here. As most New Japan Pro Wrestling cards go, it started with a few multi-man main, uh, matches. I'm, man, I'm having a hard time talking now. Too multi-man main rough. matches. There you go. <laughs> but you know, New Japan does these multi-man matches so much better than WWE does. Yeah, they do. They just seem to be more fun. Maybe it's because WWE does so many more of them, and we yeah, see well, the New same Japan thing does them over for a purpose. WWE does them to use guys they don't know what the fuck else to do with. Right. So first off, we see an ACH, Chris Sabin, Ryosuke Taguchi, and Toa Hanari defeating Jushin Thunder Liger, Soberano Jr., Tiger Mask 4, which by the way, Pasty, he is the longest... Um, wrestling tiger mask he's held the tiger mask for longer than any other tiger mask how long is that uh i, I don't know Look, I, didn't think, I, I didn't think you were gonna ask we gotta I bring facts <laughs> and they teamed up with volador jr and they lost by pinfall it was a, a doron x-factor combination from ach and taguchi onto soberano who took the pin. So you kind of seen the uh, the more New Japan guys beat the more uh, Mexicans. Well, it's or a power the, struggle. The and the struggle a. is real. God, the struggle is real. Sometimes it's hard just going... You know, I, I, I hate to Latin Americans are always <laughs> getting beat down. You don't believe me? Check out John Leguizamo's new special on Netflix. Yes, Latino history for morons. It's fucking it's really great. good. Really good stand-up. I love him. I was so happy that it was an hour and a half long and not just an hour, because there wouldn't have been enough there. It's, no. It's so good. Fantastic. And as, as you and I had mentioned earlier before we started recording, a very educational experience. Yes. You learn a lot. I mean, you literally, and I'm, I'm not joking, you learn a lot and laugh a lot at the same time. It isn't like cut up like, oh, this is funny. Oh, this is learning. Oh, this is funny. No. But. Pretty perfect. One of the best stand-ups I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, you can't go wrong with old Leguizamo. I mean, he wasn't great in Spawn, but come on. Yes, he was. was. He made the movie. <laughs> Um, next up, we had Bullet Club featuring Robbie Eagles, Tama Tonga, and Tonga Loa, or Bullet Club OG, I should say. Defeating the Great Bash Heel, Togi Makabe, Tomoaki, Hanma, and Kushida by pinfall. 
There was a stun gun from Tonga on Kushida after Taiji Ishimori cracked his crutch across the Time Splitter's back. Yeah, just some really good, really good wrestlers here. Kushida never disappoints. Right. You got the the Tongas in here, the GODs. Always fun. Togi Makabe, he never disappoints, so... And, and the Bone Soldier coming out, you know, Taiji Ishimori, mm-hmm. the the Bone Soldier putting it up for the OGs. Good shit. I love I love that they, they actually have a non-gaijin in their stable. I think it's so fun. I think it's fun that the stable made up of, of gaijins knows their whole gimmick has a non. It's like when, uh, basically it was like when the Giant joined the NWO, I guess. The NWO was all... You know, ex-WWF guys who came over and were running rough shed. And then they got the giant. A future WWE guy. Yeah, future. In fact, the very first WCW superstar to leave um, WCW to WWF during the Monday Night Wars. Which way did he go? Which way did he go? The show, the show. (laughs) But yeah, the first really big one, followed closely by Chris Jericho, and then it all kind of went after that. I think the next big ones would have been when the Radicals jumped over Dean Malenko, Perry Saturn, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero. Um, Jericho is right in there. Wasn't boy, Jericho the first? I thought Jericho you, was the first. You don't listen to me when I talk. I no, swear. not really. God. He was he was right after Paul White. He was right after the Giant. Okay, it was the Giant. Fine. Then it was Chris Jericho, and then it was the Radicals. All right, I heard and then the it radicals. was fucking everybody else. <laughs> I know, I know. Sometimes we get a loose connection, but folks, that's why we're giving you a non-live show anymore because on your end there are no loose connections. We're just losing our own connections over here. I got a few. Connections lost, a few screws loose, a few wires crossed. Next up, we've seen the team of Chaos defeating the team of Bullet Club OGs. Yes, Beretta and Kazuchika Okada representing Chaos. And the Bullet Club OGs were were represented by an original OG and the newest member, (laughs) Bad, Bad Luck Fale and Switchblade Jay White. That's not confusing at all. <coughs> no, it's not. But I tell you what, Pacey, reading these results makes me think of what Chris Jericho said when he was talking about wrestling over in New Japan. He was like, there's so many different groups and stables over there. He said, when you're looking down your run sheet to see when your matches are, it literally says, like, it reads off like I'm even reading it, like, Bullet Club, Robbie Eagles, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and Great Bash Heel, Togi Makabe, Tomaki, Hanma. Or it'll say Chaos versus Bullet Club. It'll say Red Okada underneath and Bad Luck and Jay White underneath. He's like, and then it would say Kenny Omega, Bullet Club, Jericho, no group. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, they literally wrote in no group. <laughs> That's how many groups there are that you have to write in no group. <laughs> That's awesome. That is funny. He should start uh, a group over there called no group. 
<laughs> he was uh he was uh i was listening to his talk as jericho from the cruise where he was with the uh, elite and they were saying yeah that should be his next t-shirt is chris jericho no group <laughs> <laughs> i'd buy that shirt hell yeah uh, moving on, we've seen the Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi, defeat David Finley and Hiroshi Tanahashi by pinfall with a golden trigger to Finley Jr. It is young Finley. It is, yes. yes young, it's, 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 rusty it's Findleford. Fitz boy. He's not as fit. Then we got the finals of the Super Junior Tag League. Now, there was, I think, four or five days leading up to this power struggle event where they were doing the super junior tag league, which is going to see some, if you're into spot monkey or, or um, what did Bischoff call him? Crack monkey. I'm going to try to try to start using that phrase. I love crack monkey. Crack. Monkey. If you're into, if you're into the crack monkey stuff, <laughs> you're into the flippy fly stuff, then uh, you should go back and watch, um, the super tag leagues all the way through because it's just fun, fun stuff. I, d- I haven't watched it yet. I, I don't know if I'm going to have time to go back and watch them. But the Super Junior Tag League 2018 finals scene show and yo of Roppongi 3K defeating Los Ingobernobles de Japón represented by Bushi and Shingo Takaga- T- Takagi. I tell you what, the struggle is real when you're talking about all these, uh, <laughs> I, I hate to sound like a gaijin, but with all these Japanese and Hispanic names, you really got to work. Oh it, yeah, man. bouncing back and forth between intellect. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the other team defeated was Suzuki Gun, represented by El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Rupungi won by pinfall with the shock arrow from show onto Desperado. Good on them. Show and Yo have have definitely impressed me. Hey, when you were when you're handpicked by Rocky Romero, which they weren't handpicked by Rocky Romero, but you know, storyline wise, we say when you're handed to Rocky it's, Romero <laughs> it's and said, "Make yeah. something of this." I mean, you you know, there's a there's only one way to go, and that's up, 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 up. Then we have. The Never Openweight Championship. Hiroki Goto defeated Tai Chi by pinfall with the GTR to gain the championship from the defending champion of Tai Chi. Um, I might go back and watch this one too. Uh, uh, Goto's a, a a hell of a hand. He's a, he's a really good fighter. Tai Chi is fun. I love Chai Chi. I bet you do. Now, these next three, I I actually watched. I've seen these three. Super fun. These are the last three matches of the night. We have the Rev Pro Wrestling British Championship on the line. The champion Tomohiro Ishii defending his title against Minoru Suzuki. These guys are British? Yes, very. Huh. Do they at least wear, like, <laughs> fake Austin Powers teeth while they're in this match? They're about as British as 90% of the European champions in WWE were European. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Um, I mean, we've they seen these guys... They need to bring guys... that title back. 
No, they don't. Yes, they do. <laughs> that well, they can over in like NXT UK if they want. That's I would fine. do it for like two hundred five live. The European, the European title should be the NXT UK secondary title. I don't know. I I also heard rumors of a potential uh, NXT Europe, which would be weird to have with NXT UK. I don't even think NXT UK is going to stick around, so I don't know how that's going to happen. Only time will tell. <laughs> so, we've seen these two guys go at it before, and it's always just a fucking train wreck, but in the best possible way. These two are just, they're, they're two fighting machines. There's, I, I think they said it best on commentary when there's like, there's no wrist locks, there's no hammer locks, there's just strikes. And there is, there's elbow strikes, there's forearm strikes, there's feet strikes, there's shin strikes, there's headbutts, there's everything. And the, the thing about these two guys that's so crazy is I started watching the match and I was like, why are these guys taking it easy on each other? And then I kind of just stepped back from myself a little bit and I was watching and I was like, you know what? These guys are actually working stiff. I mean, if this was any <laughs> other, if this was... Watching it in WWE, or even if this was just a regular Ring of Honor, they both got um, rock hard batteries in the middle of the ring. <laughs> I mean, they were working stiff, but these two guys throw so rough that it seemed like they were holding back. Even though in, in any other circumstance, you'd be like, "Damn, these guys are really going at it." But it didn't take long. I'd say two, four minutes in, and they start throwing haymakers, and they start throwing potatoes, and they're just going at it. Well, you're not supposed to throw potatoes. Well, what do you... Oh, You, you use them for your rock-hard <laughs> boner in the middle of the ring. You're damn right. When you're working stiff, you grab a potato and you go. <laughs> um, there isn't much to say about this match New because it is... New t-shirt. It's going to have a potato on it, and it's going to say working stiff, and there's going to be <laughs> nothing else to the t-shirt. I love that. I love that. <laughs> we need to make it happen. <laughs> Yeah, this match is just, it really is. It's just strikes. It's two guys fighting. Um, they don't go out of the ring really much at all. In fact, it takes a long time for even one person to go down. Uh, Ishii is the first one to go down, spoiler alert. But that's after, I mean, they're just, just hitting each other back and forth, right in the face. Bam, 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 bam. And there's headbutts. And it just gets so fucking crazy. And uh, we do see a power bomb. We see a lariat here, there, but it's mostly just two dudes fucking fighting and beating the shit out of each other. Well, the end comes when Tomohiro Ishii finally gets Minoru Suzuki up in a vertical drop brainbuster. Which, as much energy as these two guys spent in the ring, and they looked at like they were pretty blown up by the end. The fact that Ishii held Suzuki up as long as he did, you know, like when you do a vertical suplex and you just hold him there for a little while, then dropped him. God, it was... I love this match. I can't recommend this one enough. It's always fun watching these guys. Too fun. Too, 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 and we've seen Zack Sabre Jr. take on Tetsuyo Naito. This was a very fun match. 
Anybody who's followed ZSJ knows that he is just an in-ring wrestling grappling specialist. He'll put you in hold after hold after hold and tear you and move you every which way. And that's kind of what he was doing, but Naito was taking it right to him also. Naito did so much to stay off of the mat and stay on top of Zack Sabre Jr. This was a really fun one. Uh, not the best match I've seen of either of these guys. I was kind of hoping for a little bit more from these two guys, but, you know, you get what you get, I guess. <coughs> um, in the end, Tatsuya Naito ended up winning with a Destino. Uh, he had tried the Destino about twice before and never quite got it, and he finally hit the Destino on uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and got the pinfall. This was fun. It definitely, it's worth watching. And if you're going to watch the British Championship match and you're going to watch the IWGC, IWGP IC Championship match, don't skip this one. Just watch it all the way through. Need more letters. It's rough. It's rough. Tonight is not our night for speaking, <laughs> no, Tasty. I don't know no. what the deal is. I feel sorry for the poor bastards that have to listen right. to us. Why did we pick this profession? <laughs> it's okay, guys. You can always go back and listen to last week's seashore. episode. We were pretty fucking on point then. Me, me, my moon. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickle peppers. Yes. She sells seashells down by the seashore. All right, we're back at it, baby. Uh, and the main event of the night. Seen Chris Jericho defending his IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Yes, folks, the International Wrestling Grand Prix Intercontinental Championship title against Evil of Evil. Los Ingobernobles de Japón. And Chris Jericho of no group. No group. <laughs> what I loved about this pasty is this This is something WWE rarely, if ever, does. And the fact that if you look at this whole card, you'll see that in the third match, you have Kazuchika Okada, who is... Biggest, second biggest star on the roster. In the top three. In the fourth match, and, and that's in, in a tag team match, right? Yeah. Fourth match in, in another tag team match, you have Kenny Omega and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Your other two. These are your top three guys that haven't even made it into the last half of the card. That'd be like WWE putting John Cena, Triple H, and Brock Lesnar in the first half. Roman Reigns. Yeah, well, Roman Reigns is dead, but... Um, Not yet. <laughs> well, that's true. That's He's going to win. But, and then and then having your main event be something like Dolph Ziggler versus Dean Ambrose. You know, like, you, you just wouldn't see WWE do this. Having your main event be Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz. Only yeah. to have The Miz replaced by Shane McMahon. <laughs> the best in the world. But this match was really, really good. Um, I always love Evil's entrance. And, and watching his entrance here again, it was like, we almost put him on our list of 
top 10 Halloween themed guys. And it's like, we didn't quite. And every time I see his entrance, I'm like, God, he, he's at least 11. Um, but this was a hell of a brawl and it was a hell of a brawl that evil kind of a lot of times was in charge of. They went out to the outside. Um, Chris Jericho nailed a, was it wasn't a pile driver. God, I don't remember what he hit, but I, maybe it was a pile driver. I don't think it was, but they, he nailed a, a move on, on top of the table. They were both on the table. Um, Japanese tables are notorious for being real tables and not yeah. work tables. Painful. And that motherfucker didn't break at all. I mean, it was too... Jericho and Evil are both not small men, and that table did not break. They went over to the announce tables, wrestled on there a bit. You could see where Jericho's back was just just welted up just from landing on the tables. Towards the uh, uh, later mid or early end of the match... I actually seen a table spot I don't remember seeing before. Chris Jericho and Evil are both on the ring apron and the table is below. And Evil hits an STO or like a rock bottom from the ring apron down to the table that's played up on the ground. That was kind of a fun move. Yeah. It's one that I A, hadn't seen before. B, looked like it would have hurt. And C, I think, is a much safer table spot than a lot of the other ones people do, where you can't really see where you're going or none. So I, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, all in all, really, really good match. Chris Jericho is beating up on Red Shoe's son like he does the the um, referee. You know, Chris Jericho's being the ass. Of course. You, you gotta love the Japanese He's the crowd. ultimate heel in Japan. Chris Jericho is basically like, um, he's like the Becky Lynch or... Or I don't know what else you want to call it. But I mean, he, he's the most dastardly heel doing the most evil shit. And they just keep chanting, Y2J, Y2J. The biggest pop of the whole night, or at least the three matches I watched, was Chris Jericho hitting the lion salt off the ropes. I mean, these Japanese fuckers just love Chris Jericho. Just love this son of a bitch. But uh, Chris Jericho ended up winning by submission with the uh, lion tamer. He did the, put on the lion tamer. Got the tap out victory, got the submission victory, put him down, then got back up and put him in the walls of Jericho and kept him in the walls of Jericho and held him there and held him there and held him there until I believe it was, uh, was it Naito that came out? Anyway, I really don't remember, but I believe so. It was a, God, it was a really, really good, I, I liked this. This was a good match. It had the brawling. It had a little bit of the wrestling. It had good psychology. And it's really cool to see Evil main event a big show like this. I think it's a this has got to be the biggest match in Evil's career that I can think of. Yeah, I still got to go back and rewatch. I want to rewatch this whole pay-per-view. You want to rewatch well, it? Well, watch. watch it the first time? Watch. Okay. Obviously, I haven't had a whole lot to say <laughs> on the matter. But it sounds like it was fantastic. And I yeah, heard a I lot about the Chris Jericho evil match. Yeah. And the outcome with Naito coming out and Chris Jericho saying he was never going to defend his championship against Naito again. So. Yeah. That's what, you know, that's what WWE is missing. And, and maybe not. I like things being different. And I get that New Japan tries to be more of a sport and WWE tries to be more of a uh, soap opera, which is cool. What, what, what works for one doesn't always work for the other. But I love that New Japan at the end of their events have a press conference immediately after. 
And that's when you get like Chris Jericho up there talking about evil. You did your best. You were a hell of a competitor. I got a lot of respect, but I beat you like I told you I was going to beat you. And that's where he goes off on Naido. Like, Naido, you're never going to get a rematch. Not at the Tokyo Dome. Not at Madison Square Garden. Never. I love that they don't have to censor themselves in those either. Yeah. 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 It's really just a really fun experience where you get to see them right after the match. Just raw emotion. You know, the other thing actually that um, my son pointed out that I'm just kind of used to, but I was like, yeah, this this is another thing that really adds some legitimacy to New Japan is that as soon as wrestlers are done wrestling in New Japan, the young lions come from the outside ready with ice packs and heat packs and they start putting ice packs and heat packs on them immediately while they're still in the ring, you know, which is something that you see in like MMA and boxing. But, of course, WWE, I guess they try to make them look stronger and tougher. They go into the back. And you know as soon as they get into the back, they're immediately getting ice packs and heat packs. Oh, yeah. Which they should. I mean, fuck. (laughs) But just that little addition of of realism and legitimacy, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely makes for a more solid feeling product. Another thing I've been missing lately in WWE is, like, back in the day... When they used to, if somebody was out for a few, handful of months or whatever, a few weeks to their comeback, they'd have like the, the, the graphic, this person's coming back in three weeks. And then they'd start cutting yeah. promos uh, and airing them weekly where they're like calling out who they're going to come back and come after or whatever. That kind of shit has been missing in WWE a whole lot. Well, wrestling f- in general, I don't really see anybody do that anymore. When the few times WWE has done it, a lot of times they don't show up. Look at Sanity. They promoted Sanity for like three weeks, four weeks, and then they just quit promoting them, and then they never showed up. Yeah. It's like, well, what the fuck fun was that? They did that with Eva Marie, too. She was, you know, coming back, coming back, coming back. And they put they started putting out those promos before Creative had any plans for her. And they just kept airing them and airing them. And finally, when it was time for her to do it, they're like, we don't have any plans. So that was when they had her just leave and then say she was coming back as Ray. Or no, it was uh, Emma. Emmalina, yes. Yeah, that's the one. It was Emma and Emmalina. And it was like, they They did the same thing with Eva Marie, though. Yeah, where she was all red. And yeah, it's like they... The few times they have done it, they don't follow through on it, and that's yeah. even worse. And like I said, you gotta you gotta do more with it too than just throw up a fucking picture. You gotta have those those uh, pre-recorded segments from the person who's coming back, setting up their storyline for when they get back. It keeps things faster paced. Yeah, I want to see more sure. of that. And you know, since we're talking a little bit about WWE and what we've missed. I don't know that this fits anywhere in our agenda, so I just want to say it now. You and I, I think both of us, haven't really watched much WWE, even since our summer of other. Nope. I think I've watched one Raw and one SmackDown, and that was uh, the SmackDown 2000 and then the Raw before that or whatever. Apparently, this, you know, they, they, they were leading up to that evolution, the all-woman pay-per-view, the big event, right? Mm-hmm. Apparently, this week on SmackDown, was the first time in a month, in four weeks, that dub- that WWE SmackDown Live had a women's match on it. Oh, wow. 
So that means the weeks leading up to Evolution, at least three weeks leading up to Evolution, they had no women's matches. They probably had promos. I'm I'm sure they had promos. Yeah, I'm sure they had promos, and I'm sure they, you know, they did pre-recorded stuff, and they did stuff live on stage, but... I mean, with the way WWE's lately, I'm sure officials were nervous. They didn't want anybody getting injured before the event. But that's, I mean, that's completely against what you're talking about. You're talking about how women should matter in the ring, and that's what's important, and then... You just have them talk and show off their bodies, and it's so fucking stupid. Well, I'm sure they get the same paycheck, whether they're talking or or they're fighting. Yeah, but a paycheck is not respect. Yeah. And at this point, it seems like they're trying to get respect. I don't know. I don't know. I just found, I just found that interesting. I didn't notice it since I hadn't been watching, but when I had heard about that, that they hadn't been having women matches at all. I was like, wow, that's... And I went back and looked at the results, and I was like, nope, not a single woman's match on here. That's ridiculous. It is. It's ridiculous. And now that Roman Reigns is out, and Braun Strowman is possibly going to be out, WWE has decided to change up every single plan they had for Survivor Series, and it's going to be show versus show in every match. Just like last oh, year. Just... Man, they were so close to doing it right. And a couple things. I mean, we still got a week to go to know what the, the all the cards are going to be, but we know it's probably going to be all the champions versus champions. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hey, falling into place. AJ versus Brock was one of the best matches last year at all. So I'll take AJ versus Brock, too. I hope it's better so, than the last sure. one. I, that's that's my i'm hoping it is also but hell even if we get about the same i mean like i said especially in this year isn't much different than last year we haven't had much yeah and after everything aj's been through lately i'd I'd like to see him versus brock again i would (laughs) and i i wouldn't be surprised if he won that being said i wouldn't be surprised if he lost but i wouldn't be surprised if he won you know, we're going to see probably Seth Rollins versus uh, Shinsuke, IC champ versus mm-hmm. US champ. Um, we I know those two are amazing talents, but for some reason, Shinsuke always disappoints in WWE, so I don't know what to expect out of that. Shane McMahon is on Team SmackDown again. Well, of course he is. Gotta, Daniel Bryan and The Miz turn. are co-captains. You got to work his heel turn in. Uh, we're going to get Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch, which should be a great match. Um, yeah. I, that should that should headline it. I know it's it probably really going to be Brock AJ, but that should headline it. Because that's probably going to be the best match. Um, I did hear, uh, again, I, I, I haven't watched, but I have heard that, like, they had a, they spent a lot of time building up the team for Team SmackDown and, and talking about who's going where and what's going yeah. where. And then the women, they just had Stephanie McMahon come out and read a list of names for no reason. Oh, God. <laughs> so, again, much much respect and storytelling. A lot of thought right. put into this. Like, fuck you. She God. just reads a fucking list of names. Honestly, they need to just give the women their own show. I'd be for it. I don't know. I mean, And then have, like, your top people be on Raw and SmackDown, maybe. I think they're scared to do that. The problem with giving them their own show is like, what, then at pay-per-views, they'd have their championship matches. But that would still keep people off the card. So then would you give them their own pay-per-views? 
And yeah, see, we, think, we decided we only want evolution once a year. I think I think giving them their own show hurts them. And I think we've proved that with 205 Live. 205 Live, if you get sent there, it's it's basically a death sentence. Yeah, but I mean, 205 Live, it's, it's kind of different, I guess. Because you're... You wouldn't keep women on Raw and SmackDown. They'd have their own show. And so and it wouldn't be the lesser it, place. I don't but know. After Evolution, I think people would tune in. I think, dude, Evolution was one of the lowest rated or bought pay-per-views. I mean, the the mainstream people, the people that are watching, the people that are tuning in aren't going to tune in for it. They don't tune in for NXT. They don't tune in for 205 Live. I think it'd be a great show. I've I've been a big fan of Shimmer. I've bought their DVDs. I've um, I watch their stuff as much as possible. Shines the same way. I love an all women's promotion. I just think if if you're gonna go to WWE to get the exposure and get the money, you're not gonna get it if you're on your own brand. I don't know. I think if you promoted it right, got them a, a show on a network, not the WWE network, but got it televised. Um, nobody's made nobody's, sure to air uh, highlights on Raw SmackDown religiously. I think it could go over well. I just think they would be missing out because they probably wouldn't get such a presence in pay-per-views. But it would probably be better overall. There's enough women to do it. I can guarantee you there isn't a, a station out there that's going to buy an all-women's WWE e. show. Nope. Why e not? not do it. Because they want ratings. They want ratings. Total Divas, Total Bellas are tanking. Tanking fast. Exactly. Bad. So pull them and put the um, all-women show. You know, And you can have just as much drama as you do in Total Bellas. There is no pro wrestling show on TV right now other than Raw and SmackDown that bring in numbers. There isn't. Lucha Underground does shit numbers. Impact does shit numbers. MLW Fusion does shit numbers. I love them. I watch them all. But pasty the I I don't think the answer is segregating them and hiding them from people. I think the answer is using them on the shows you have. See, and I don't know. I it could go either of two ways. If they put enough behind it, they could kick off a show. But they won't do that. Why would they put more behind it when they can put it into Raw and SmackDown, the shows that people will actually watch and that WWE actually cares about? That's, I don't, I get what they you're saying. They made SmackDown like, into a show people care about. Like, hey, no, they haven't. The, WWE doesn't care about SmackDown. No, but people do. You know, I, I, I get what you're saying. I would love in a perfect world. In a perfect I mean, world, shimmer. they'd have to do it right. They'd have to we put have a lot shimmer. of fucking faith in the women. And they'd have to be willing to put the money behind it. But they won't do that. You know they won't do that. And to be realistic, it wouldn't be profitable for WWE because nobody else is buying it. I don't you know. You and I would do it. I see it happening, but I don't see it happening would. now. Once Vince McMahon's out of the picture and Stephanie and, 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 and Triple H are running shit, I don't see why the fuck you wouldn't do it. I just recommend watching Shimmer. Just tune into Shimmer. Or watch NXT, where women get it. Or watch the Mae Young Classic. I mean, there's places that you can get it. There's so many places that you can get women's wrestling. Just adding another one is, is just going to water it down worse. 
I think there's no reason we can't promote quality wrestlers on our shows. If I'm if I'm WWE, why can't if I got good wrestlers just promote them on the shows we have? I mean, you can, but there's just so many time constraints, and so many people suffer from lack of storyline. I just think it would be a good way to clean up space and elevate the women. There's time restraints. Son of a bitch, we got the fucking B team on TV. We got fucking Sheamus on TV. Yeah, we've got where's the fashion place? Um, Elias on TV. We where's got fucking, the Good Brothers? Yeah, we got where's all the these revival? motherfuckers that we don't want to see. Yeah, trade them in for a women's match. The revival, they're not gonna do a fucking thing with the revival. Kick them out and have a women's match. I love the revival, but WWE is never gonna do nothing with them. Get them out of there. And now I guess they're doing a tag team fucking Give the women a show, also. put it on Friday night, call it Friday Night Femme Fatale, and bam. First of all, I think uh, Northern Championship Wrestling Femme Fatales would probably have an issue with that. They probably oh, have a copyright on that. There's another thing you can still. Some Friday two, with female, anything. Everybody in television knows Friday is a death slot. If you actually care about them, Pasty, do not let them have Friday nights. Because nobody watches television on Fridays. Um, Thursday would work. I'd be for it. But I, Thursday yeah. night heart thumpers. <laughs> that is so horrible. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, no, the this, this Survivor Series is, is really looking to be... Sh- it's it's everything Thursday. that I've... WWE Taco Thursday. You've just set the movement back fucking (laughs) eons. Oh my god. Oh my fucking god. Airing on the E Network at 11.30 p.m. Women at Burt Flobane on Twitter. (laughs) Hit him up. Um... So getting back on the subject. I'm talking about elevating you guys. I don't know like, what he's talking about. It looks like Survivor Series is turning into exactly what I've been saying I haven't wanted yep. for months. It's and a just nightmare. A ton of, it's going to be all. And by the way, they're, the they're already. Well, yeah, they're the already pointing that. against each other head to head and penis to penis. So the, the last two fucking pay-per-views WWE has had. <laughs> they have had SmackDown and Raw go head-to-head. Yep. And then they literally still coin this, because they're doing it. They're already doing it. They're already calling this the one time a year. That, And they've literally, the last two pay-per-views they have, they went head-to-head. They did that last year. Last <laughs> year it was Survivor Series is the last time ever. And the pay-per-view before was when um, AJ Styles had to... Had to Sub in for was it Daniel Bryan? Roman Reigns. For was it Roman Reigns? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause it was Finn a Ballard. South African thing. Finn yeah, Balor. And, and it was like God. The pay per view before they just had <laughs> Raw versus Smack, and they're doing the same thing again. They're all about their catchphrases, and they don't yep. really give a shit if they are or not. The they had, they here. had the very first Raw very first SmackDown superstars can hit each other with steel chairs. And slam each other on the hardest part of the ring, the apron. During Evolution, they said they had the first ever 
WWE last woman standing match, even though Oscar and Nikki Cross had just had one earlier this year. It's like these motherfuckers, they just love their buzzwords. Yep. And then this fucking bitch, Stephanie McMahon, did you see the, the latest thing she said? She said she believes within the next 10 or so years, WWE can be as big as Disney. Disney. Yeah. They'll yeah, be bought Disney. out by Disney. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. That's the only way it's going to get us is if they get bought out. I was like, shut up. And especially 10 years. I know she she said like in 10, 20, 30 years. So she did put a you know thing. But in 10 years, I mean, I know 10 years is kind of a long time. But business wise, that's not enough to grow that big. <laughs> um. For the first second time in history, witness AJ Styles as he takes on the Beast Brock Lesnar. Once in a lifetime for the third time. See the best in the world, Shane McMahon. Yeah, and now speculations we're running wild too that they're setting up heel. for a Shane McMahon versus CM Punk match at WrestleMania. Oh, nobody but the fucking <laughs> marks in the audience think that. How cool would that fucking be, though? In a perfect world, that would be the shit. That's the way to get I, him back. You know what? I'm not interested in seeing Shane McMahon, and at this point, I'm just not interested in seeing CM Punk. I'm always he's... interested in seeing CM Punk. I don't care what he says. I don't care who he slanders. Well, he used to be one of the best in the world, but this motherfucker, he already looks like he has leukemia. And <laughs> the fact that, I mean, the the way you work your body for a UFC fight is obviously much different than for pro yeah. wrestling. Like, if he got into the ring, he would just be, he would look like Shawn Michaels, who was in the Isn't ring. Isn't Punk vegan, too? I don't know. That but could I, be I, why I, um, he looks so dead. Husky. I'm definitely not looking forward to having another heel McMahon authority figure again. I just, that's lame. I think it's great. And I love, lame. it's every year at this time, they start to get Shane McMahon in gear for WrestleMania. Like, what the fuck? Triple H does it. I need to do it too, dad. Yeah. He no, makes more enough. money than me. Why are you giving him the company? Because you ran your ass off to China, you little bastard. He bangs your daughter. <laughs> I would have did that. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he said so himself. <laughs> he definitely said so himself. <laughs> For the first time in history, witness brother fucking sister on WWE pay-per-view. Check it out live at Survivor Series. Triple H watches from ringside. With a special appearance by the Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, the fact that that isn't the first incest storyline is just sad. Just, you know, WWE is going to be interesting the next, the next year, really. I guess we can be thankful that we're living in a, a, a renaissance of pro wrestling to where... If we don't want to, we don't have to watch WWE. We can still watch amazing wrestling. I'm still going to watch the pay-per-views. I'm a damn fool. <laughs> I'll watch them if they're going to be good. I, I just, it's, it's what Survivor I do. Survivor Series, I might not. I might not. I got it. 
I might wait till the reviews of uh, AJ Brock and then maybe go back and watch that, but I'll probably watch Ronda Becky too, but I'm getting to the point where I don't even know that I want to watch the pay-per-views. There's so much good wrestling on that I can spend my time on. It's not so easily accessible. If I got to sit at my computer to watch something, I'm 45% less likely to do so. Yeah, but I don't watch things at my computer. I use a television. You might as well. You might as well. To be fair, you can watch, you know, WWE Network on your computer. So it's not really any different. I guess. I guess. Oh. So, my friend, I do believe it is time to find out what's the dizzle, what's the dizzle? in the sizzle in the section. section. Yes. Adding some sizzle to this steak, because we could use it. Because this, this is our power rock episode. We don't get hyped. We stay hyped. No, it's an interesting note from New Japan. We talked so much about New Japan. Tokyo Sports published a report this week, Pasty. And it stated that Tetsuya Naido, Fat Max's favorite NJPW wrestler, received an offer from WWE back in June. And according to the Wrestling Observer, Naido is one of three New Japan stars to have been sent feelers from the E. He is, however, the only one to have turned down the offer outright, at least according to Dave Meltzer. But these are not actually offers, according to WWE, but rather feelers, as I mentioned earlier, from the organization to see if they might be interested in joining the sports entertainment conglomerate. Naito would be one of three, at least, Japanese top guys feelers have been sent to, Dave wrote. The other two that we're aware of didn't turn the offers down without <laughs> sorry, didn't turn the offers down without a thought, although one would be a one would be a huge surprise according to Dave, and the other would be a great worker who Meltzer didn't see flourishing in the WWE system, but also probably wouldn't have any reservations about moving to the US, like many of the Japanese actually might. So with this pasty, we can take away a few things. One, it appears that at least two New Japan Pro Wrestling stars have contacted Meltzer alleging that they have been sent feelers from the WWE. That's not including Tetsuya Naito that apparently we know of. I imagine WWE mailing people a box and they open the box and there's a hand and it reaches (laughs) out and tickles them. Fucking Mae Young's (laughs) child. Dave also specifically mentions they are Japanese top guys as well. And this indicates it's not members of the elite, as they are all gaijin. Third thing we take away from this, at least one is a tippy-top guy, Pacey. That would be the huge surprise, I would assume. Which could be anyone from Okada, Tanahashi, Goro, um, Kushida, and more. 
The other New Japan star who, quote, wouldn't have any reservations about moving to the U.S. I mean, shit, that could be just about anyone, Pasty. I don't know who's eager to leave Japan. Right. Well, who's eager to make a fuck ton of money? Right. Who's eager to be used as well as Shinsuke Nakamura? The United States champion who hasn't defended his championship on a pay-per-view in four-plus months. Exactly. Another important note when reading this, however, Pasty, is that most New Japan Pro Wrestling stars are under one-year contracts, which end following Wrestle Kingdom. That's kind of how New Japan does it. I know a lot of Western people would say that's not good business strategy, but... They seem to keep most of their top well, guys coming back. Well, I mean, if you're back, smart so. with Wrestle Kingdom, Wrestle Kingdom is the place where you end your stories. It's the closing yep. of all the chapters that have been built up throughout the year. So it makes sense for contracts to end there. It's the logical oh, yeah. turning point for people to come and go from the company, keeping the, the flow of everything going. WWE should do the same fucking thing right after WrestleMania. Get rid of some people. Well, they do usually clean house right shortly after WrestleMania. That's kind of usually the time we see the that's the future endeavor time in WWE when everybody's walking on glass. There weren't very many this year, were there? I don't I don't remember very many. There wasn't very many this year, but with that being said, as of right now, they have such a fucking bloated roster. Yeah. Um I think I think Last year, and maybe even this year, coming up, you never know, but they just had so many things they weren't sure about. NXT UK, they weren't sure about. 205 Live, they weren't sure about. I, I think, and, and with the WWE Network, they don't know if they want to add new stuff. They're now, um, or they have been working with Evolve, but now we got NXT wrestlers wrestling in Evolve and winning titles there. And I just think there's so much stuff they weren't sure about. <clears throat> that they had the money to hold everybody. They might do that again this year, although I wouldn't expect it. Uh, so it'll be interesting. There's, you know, Meltzer in his, the way he works, sometimes you wonder if he actually knows anything at all because he kind of talks like one of those mind readers that you see in a tent where they just give such vague <laughs> stuff that it's bound, to, some of it's bound to come true. And here it's the same thing. Um, okay. Two two people WWE might have talked to. One might be a surprise. One might want to move. <laughs> not giving us much. <laughs> I honestly, I would not expect um, Tanahashi or Okada to go anytime soon. No. I mean, well, Definitely Okada's not. been kind of rocky with his faction, though, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. So that kind of leaves an opening if they can tie up stories at kingdom i'm pretty sure that um i'm pretty sure tna ruined the united states for okada altogether i don't see okada ever trust in the united states again and he'd be smart wwe would never yeah, use him right. right um i mean to the fact to where tna publicly apologized to him is how bad it was I mean, that's, you know, it's bad. Right. And at okay, least they though. did. You know, WWE would never publicly apologize to um, um, the Red Rooster. You no. know, why I'm sp spacing off on his real name, I, I can't think of it. But yeah, you know, they, they never would. So 
it's just <clears throat> yeah Okado was just horrible ah, just <laughs> horrible and some more controversial news pasty coming from an Impact Wrestling Hall of Famer can you believe that Impact being controversial no way Gail Kim, she has released a personal statement regarding recent remarks where she referred to WWE as racist. No shit! (laughs) But she wanted to clarify. So this whole thing I'm going to be talking about, folks, is all a quote directly from jail. Jail. Directly from jail. (laughs) I got picked up this weekend. I'm phoning it in literally right now from county, so. Thank God they let you do Um, that. I know. They're, they're good people. Two hours on the phone. All right, Gail Kim wrote, Godspeed. quote, after, after speaking with a couple of friends recently regarding comments on social media on racism, I had my eyes open to the fact that my words chosen to deliver my message could have been managed more thoughtfully. The one word of my statement that I regret using is the term they. I think due to the fact that sometimes terms like racism are thrown around easily, especially in today's climate. Racism is a serious thing, and I realized that saying they, that I was putting a blanket over everyone who works in the company. And this is not true. The culture of environment of a company starts from the top, the leadership. The leadership of a company sends a message to its employees of what is tolerated and what is not. I know there are a lot of respectful people in WWE who have a lot of integrity. Being election day, she wrote this on election day, And realizing the climate of hate and negativity, I think it's important to use my voice. As an ethnic female in wrestling, there will be people reading my words, and I want to set an example. I did experience racism. I never even understood the term I never even understood the term gook until I worked for the company or heard the usage of so many ugly racial slurs. I think it's important to educate, listen, and talk about these issues. I want to be very clear where I stand. I want racial and gender equality. I hope that we can make strides to talk about and create change for the good of our industry and others. End quote. A lot to take in there, Pasty. Yeah. Well. First first thing I want to say, and I'll let you I'll let you go off on this. Folks, I was just reading what she wrote, and I do not condone using the G word. But I was reading what she wrote, and I felt I would just read through and let you know. I don't know how common the G word is, and if I just said the term G word, I'm not sure if you would have known what I meant. Didn't mean to offend. So what do you think of this, Pasty? Well, I mean, we all kind of knew. I mean, Vince... Vince has said some things on his own show and gotten away with it. Oh, yeah. So. Vince has said the N-word on his show. And he didn't get fired like Hogan. Right, right. Didn't get stricken from the records. No, I. Yeah, I mean. We know. I just can't imagine how bad it really is backstage. Especially for people like uh, like Asuka, Shinsuke Nakamura, people who come over and don't even really fully speak English yet. I can't imagine yep. the, the kind of things they get backstage or hear 
murmurs from, oh, Vince said this, da 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 And it, it might be, well, it's got to be more than just Vince. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, from, from what we hear, a lot of it is, is from more than Vince. Um, was it R-Truth who also recently just... Um, I don't think it was our truth because I don't think it's somebody working for the company right now. Uh, who is it that was just talking about how uh, Triple H and Bruce Pritchard said that he he wasn't white enough to be a, to get anywhere in the business? Yeah, uh, I can't think of it. Darren Young. And I was gonna put it on the news, and no, it definitely wasn't Darren Young. There's so many people know. <laughs> um, his problem wasn't his race. Let's just say that. Yeah. Feel free to talk while I'm I'm trying to look this up here. <laughs> because I don't I don't like the. It's just ridiculous. I mean, I I feel like this should be definitely brought to light more, and it should be publicized. And I feel like the last generation of WWE management should kind of be scrubbed. They're not needed anymore. They're there. They're kind of mostly just holding the product back. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are just still really old-timey guys that set in their ways oh this will work this will work this will work money 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 not worried about making a good product and it's it's ridiculous get rid of all of them have triple h and stephanie and shane started all new regime and i don't even know because i would assume shane is probably right in that fucking boat i i'm sure he is i'm sure I'm sure he is. I'd say Stephanie too, but she does. She probably tries harder than anybody to hide it. Possibly. We know Triple H doesn't. That's for sure. We know how he feels about. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm having a hard time finding who it is, and I'm just I'm trying to think of who the hell it was. I'm trying to think of who was a former WWE wrestler that. Alberto Del Rio. No, it was an African American, <laughs> but it was like a, a big name. That I mean, not a huge name, but a name that everybody knew and, and watched and stuff like that. It wasn't Elijah Burke. I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. The fact is, we know. I mean, we know that there's so much racism, sexism, homophobia, so much of that going on that. It's it's an ugly culture in the backstage, and it's 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 gotta be awkward though. I'm let me let me say this because things do change. Uh, I was just watching something a while ago about where you can't you can't go back and rewatch old movies and then bitch about the the racism or the sexism in them because they happened at a time that that stuff happened. You don't have to condone it, and you don't have to, you know, you don't want to redo it. But you can't just go look back at it. Sixteen Candles was one of the examples. 
and talk about the sexism there and the racism in there and say, oh, it's so horrible, it's so awful. Oh, I can't believe John Hughes was that kind of person. And it's like, well, fucking number one, John Hughes is dead, so what the fuck are you going to do about it? Right. And number two, at the time, people weren't bothered by it. Yes, probably some women were and couldn't speak up, and yes, some Asians were and couldn't speak up, but the society as a whole wasn't bothered by it. So change what you have now, but you can't go back and change what was in the past. And the fact of the matter is, wrestling more than almost anything else has been such a good old boys club that it's got to be hard for some of these guys to get out of their set ways. I mean, you hear stories about how the Steiners used to shove like three, four, five Sharpie pens up other guys' asses just for fun. <laughs> that sounds that's like a great they, time. Can we incorporate that into our shower steak time? <laughs> we, we shower could. steaks and Sharpies. Yeah, there you go. The three S's. <laughs> well, shits. Shower oh, yeah. steaks, shits, and Sharpies. There you go. You shove, shove the Sharpies, Sharpies in before shit, shit. Out. Yeah. Yep, yep, exactly. That's how you do it. So, I mean, it's just, it's it sucks. That's the way. It, speaking of shit, X-Pac used to shit in people's duffel bags. You know? <laughs> He's just notorious that he'd just shit in people's bags all the time. He just That's couldn't control X-Pac his did. bowels, and he would often <laughs> climb into people's duffel bags to take a nap backstage. <laughs> I mean, we do know that he's ripped his sphincter before, so <laughs> it's probably pretty loose. Um, no, this this is sad. It's cool that it's great that Gail Kim is stepping up and saying something about yes. it. And the fact that she went back and changed her statement so it wasn't just a blanket, so it wasn't just WWE is racist. It was no management is racist. And I don't think it shocks anybody. Not at all. It would sh- yeah, it would shock me if somebody was shocked by it. Um, And just the fact that... It's okay. The world will be a better place in 30 years. We just get all, get a, all these old-ass people to die off. The world will be a better place in 30 years because WWE will be as big as Disney. Yeah, bigger. <laughs> bigger than <laughs> bigger Disney. Than Disney. That's Could right. you imagine WWE making the new Star Wars movie? I'm kind of intrigued. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. I'm intrigued. Uh, Bray Wyatt is the Sith Lord. Yeah, sometimes, you know, Star Wars is one of those things where sometimes you just have to know when to stop. And sometimes you can go longer than you should. Oh, Star Wars will go forever. I actually just watched Solo. And I didn't hate I'm it. Sorry, I didn't hate it. It was good. Oh my god! It was parts were stupid, and you don't need to explain all this shit. It doesn't matter. But overall, I thought the movie was a, a good time. God, I didn't even think there was a plot, and I really could yeah, not stand the, the, the Kessel guy that Run. Plays. This is the plot. <laughs> it's a very it's a story of love weak, and betrayal. Not well written plot and Wookies and robots named Leet. The the love and betrayal the is all the from shit. a robot. The I, robot was cool. I love the, robot, the feminist robot. The robot gets freaky. <laughs> and and I'm all for the fan theory that the robot is the Millennium Falcon, but that's a whole other show. Um, well, the robot is the Millennium Falcon. How is that but, a fan theory uh, that happened? They put her consciousness into the ship to make it so they could make it through the Kessel run. Yeah, but uh, like I said, that's a whole other 
show to get into. We don't need to get into that. All in he all, though, I, 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 I did enjoy it. I'm not going to shit. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but speaking of things that don't know when to stop and kind of... I would like to see to. a solo, too. That's Fightful. where I sit. Fightful.com has reported that WWE Monday Night Raw will now have to adhere to a hard out time Ooh. of 11 p.m. Eastern, pasty. Now, this is different from the soft end time that they the have ten had minutes since leeway. the 90s. Yeah. I think it's more like 12 minutes leeway, but yeah. Well, it's it's flowing. They, they don't have a hard out time. It's soft. They can, you know, whether it's 10, whether it's 3, whether it's 15, it fluctuates. Allegedly, this could begin as early as this coming Monday's edition of Raw and will continue for the foreseeable future. Now, this is already the case on WWE SmackDown Live on Tuesdays, and WWE's Raw overrun has been a staple of the show for years, dating way back to when the Monday Night Wars were... It's the only way to make your main event not predictable. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the big things. And the company was locked in this vicious ratings war with WCW, and both WCW and Raw, they would... They would tinker around. Uh, Bischoff has said many times that he loved just, he'd find out when WWE Raw was going to start. And if they were going to start two minutes early, he'd start four minutes early. Just so that he'd get on there a little bit earlier and suck in as many more fans as he could to gain that competitive advantage over the other one. And the, the overrun would stick around even when WWE didn't have competition. When yep. WCW was out of it, we've had... WCW was out of business in 2001. So it's been 17 years they've had this for no real reason. Well, it's good for storytelling. That's that's my defense to it. Yeah. That's why I appreciate it's not good. It. It's not good for storytelling, though, because if a story is told well, and especially in pro wrestling, you should be able to say... It starts here, we do this, it ends here. This is the time you have. That's yeah. good storytelling. Well, I mean, like for the non-predictability of it, because if if it ends at that set time, you can call a match halfway through it. You know exactly what's going to happen and how it's going to end. What, you know what they need to do? They need to bring back the old Tony Schiavone call-off. Folks, there's so much more going on, but we're out of time. We'll let you see what happened next week. Good night! Please do and, that. Oh, they should go back to doing that now. And then the first, you know, three minutes is showing you what happened in the last five minutes of the show beforehand. And Becky Lynch do, can be in the first segment they ever do that in. Or they could do um, WWE Network or WWE app where they you only get to see it on that. Yeah. Could be, could be something. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> they could do it on fucking Tout. <laughs> Uh, but basically, according to the source, this was a USA Network call, not a WWE call, which, I mean, makes sense to me. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. I mean, maybe it fucks their, their run times a little bit, but they can adjust that in the overnight. And it's not like they have news that they broadcast. Yeah, but again, me personally, I think this comes back to uh, ratings don't matter. Well, WWE ain't bringing in ratings anymore. USA is like, well, you know what? Uh, we could get almost as good ratings if we cut you off earlier and people will actually stick around for the show. So, sorry. That's what I. That's where I think it's coming from. I think it's a ratings thing. Otherwise, it is awkward that just out of nowhere they would do this. Mm-hmm. But 
it is also bad practice for a company to have soft times. Um, obviously, with live sports, they do that. I know when we were doing Beef Sticks podcast, I, it's always a hard time. I can't get soft. Oh, I, I got a hard time the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's a whole hard time. I'm working stiff. It's going to be a shirt. Me. I'm going to work on that graphic tonight. Just call me Ishii. Working stiff, baby. Oh, we got more news here. Some more WWE Network news. WWE purchased the rights to the World Wrestling Consoles videotape library, pasty. According to a recent report from PW Insider, WWE closed the deal for the Puerto Rican promotion last month. WWC was created in 1973 by the late great Gorilla Monsoon, Victor Jovica, and Carlos Colon Sr. Pasty. That would be the father of the former WWE star, Carlito. Carlito, Caribbean cool. And he was also the uncle to current WWE performers, although you wouldn't know because you never seen Can we have a Carlito come back? Epico and Primo. Please. Oh, we could. I was never a fan of his, but he was also... It would be a fun comeback, though. Something nobody would really see coming, and it might make a difference. Him and MVP would be good comebacks. I love MVP. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love MVP. Um, the WWC, though, is probably best known for being the promotion where Bruiser Brody was killed in 1988. Brody was stabbed in the showers by Jose Huertas Gonzalez, who wrestled under the name Invader Number 1. Last I heard, uh, Brody was taking a number two in the shower while eating a steak when number one got him. Gonzalez was later acquitted of murder charges after claiming self-defense. He said he was taking a number two when Rudy came over and number one had to defend himself. As of now, there is currently no timetable for when the promotion will be added to the network, however. This will be good. There's a lot, a lot of classic matches there is some really good... I mean, this is kind of where... One of the places where hardcore wrestling was born. Abdullah the Butcher was huge down here. And uh, obviously, like we said, Bruiser Brody and so many others worked the the uh, Puerto Rican circuit down there that there are some really good matches, some really big names that most people would recognize. I think this is a good buy for WWE. It's interesting, though, in the fact that I think this might be the first, um, this might be the first wrestling organization that they have bought and that or the tape library for that still runs. Like they're still putting out shows to this day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Carlito is probably their champ right now. He's their champ every few months. <laughs> He's one of four guys in the promotion. <laughs> um, so that would kind of be uh, kind of be interesting. Kind of be interesting, I think. Um, not sure. Yeah, like I said, don't know when when it'll come out, but it sounds good. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking. I haven't really dived back into old tape libraries with the network. 
I like I do it a lot, but I'm really into them. What would you recommend the most for me and the listeners? Um, definitely the um, uh, world class championship wrestling for sure is uh, is a great one. I'm a big fan. You know, you and I are both from from the Minnesota area here. At least lived here a long time. AWA. Oh yeah, is a really good one. Um, Jim Crockett promotions. I'd say, I'd say the top two for me is probably AWA and Jim Crockett promotions, JCP. Those are always great, you know, and and if, Hey, if you don't want to get to know some names that you probably don't know, go back and watch some WWE Saturday night or go back and watch the hidden gems that they have. Or some of my favorite is the old Coliseum videos. They got the old Coliseum videos, which were basically was the WWE network before there was a network. What it was is they would record all these house shows and then they'd find certain matches and they'd take clips of different matches from different house shows and they'd throw them into themed cassettes that that put that were put out by Coliseum video. And, you know, some of them would be like the bad guys of wrestling. And some of them would be like, uh, if they did a tour in Europe and they'd do a bunch of European house shows and some of them would be, you know, the, the mad men and they'd have different people like Umaga and the head shrinkers. And I, I always thought that was fun. I like the Coliseum videos. Yeah. I'll They're have to fun. dive back sometime here soon. But for sure, World Wrestling Council, I'd like to do AWA, sticks where we Jim don't necessarily Crockett. keep up with the current. We just talk about stuff. Stuff, things, you know. The huge. Oh. Well, I got one more note before I get into the bad news. I'm, You know what? For some people, this could be bad news, too. I don't know. It's It's a preference more than anything, but... Former WWE Cruiserweight Champion Enzo Amore, who no, who now goes by the name Real One, Real One, continues to attempt to make a name for himself outside of the WWE world. On Wednesday, he announced his first ever live performance to take place in California. He tweeted the following: "I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali." I can't say it without singing it. I'm sorry. Oh, you can't. Come, come see me, dog. Eleven, nineteen, eighteen. Meet and greet. New merch, comedy, and new music in all caps. It's gonna be a Netflix special. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Happy Madison Productions presents. <laughs> I could see that. Oh god, those two would work together. They would. <laughs> Don't you ever say that about M. Sandler again. I just went back and rewatched Billy Madison this week too. It's always good fun. It is. It's a fun one. Speaking of fun, why don't we get into the injury report? Woo! Sounds like a good time. Mr. Meltzer, as usual, noted on the Wrestling Observer Radio that Braun the Strong Strowman is currently working with two blown-out knees. There's a lot of pressure on him as the next in line to hold the WWE Universal title. Therefore, Strowman has been gutting through the pain and reportedly working hurt. Ouch. You know, and on top of this, which, which can't be good, 
There's rumors, speculation, if you will, innuendo, as Pritchard would say, that Strowman has a lot of heat backstage, and um, they're kind of second-guessing pushing the man. Yeah, I was hearing so about this. Rumors that he uh, arrives late and leaves early. Yep, doesn't show respect to the veterans and doesn't show respect to the new guys and kind of acts acts mightier than he than he is. Um, I I hope it's not true. I hope it's not true because this guy could be something big. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he is something big, but I'm talking about figuratively, he could be something big. At the same time, I mean, we've seen it with Paul White. We've seen it with the Ultimate Warrior. We've seen it with so many guys before. When you take somebody that's so green and so new to the business and you just shoot a rocket up his ass, it's hard for them not to get a big head. When you didn't have to pay your dues and nobody's forcing you to come early and put up the ring and nobody's forcing you to stay late and watch all the matches and nobody's forcing you to shake the hands of all the wrestlers and you're still getting main event spots and you're still getting big checks, you, you, I will say you can't blame them. Yeah. They have to learn. And somebody has to take them by the hand and say, hey, listen. And, and if somebody has, then this is all on Braun. But if somebody hasn't, somebody just has to take Braun aside and say, hey, dude, we got a lot for you. We think you could be the future of the company. We love what you're giving us, but man, we can't have you showing up late. We can't have you leaving early. It looks bad to the other guys. There's veterans who have been here three times, five times longer than you've been here that show up early and don't leave until the very last match is done and watch every match on the monitor. Yeah, but all of Braun's main roster career, who's he had to look up to? Brock fucking Lesnar. You know what I mean? He's the top dog on the show that Braun Strowman's on. And that's how it's okay that he acts. He makes more money than anybody here. You know? Yeah, but it it shouldn't be Brock Lesnar. It should be somebody backstage. It should be one of the... It should be a Triple H. It should be a Pat No, I'm not saying Brock Lesnar should should pull him aside and um, talk to him. Devon Dudley. It should be one of those guys who's who's from the business and in the back. I understand that. No, I'm just saying, like, when you're backstage, you're fresh on the roster... You see who's succeeding the most and making the most money and getting the most benefit is Brock Lesnar. He does what the fuck he wants. He doesn't care about the business. He shows up when he wants to. He makes a fuck ton of money. To me, you got to start at the root of the problem first. But that's not the root of the problem. It is. Braun Strowman should be smart enough to know he's not fucking Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is on Hogan level right now. Brock Lesnar can come and go when he wants. He can pick his stuff. So could Hogan. So can Cena. There's people that can do it. If Braun Strowman wants to get there, he could work his way up there. You know, Hogan didn't start that way. Cena didn't start that way. Brock Lesnar didn't start that way. Those guys worked hard to get where they're at. Well, Braun gave his knees. Braun gave his knees. It's because the fucker... The knees... Anybody's knees holding that much weight would give out. <laughs> and, I mean, that's just a big guy problem. I mean... Triple H gave his tits. Any, uh... Any, uh... 
tits. He did. Speaking of tit giving, Triple H tore his right pectoral muscle pasty at WWE's Crown Jewel main event. The oldest teenagers in the world against the almost dead dead men. <laughs> he underwent successful surgery on his torn pectoral muscle earlier this week and posted the following on social media. He said, out of surgery, happy to report all is well. Thanks to excellent medical care by Dr. Dugas. Dugas. And his team and all the well wishes, messages, tweets, and texts I got over the weekend. Road to recovery starts now. Hashtag game time. It's time um, to play the game. It's unknown how long this injury is going to sideline him, but it seems that similar injuries are between five to nine months. Yeah. So Triple H will literally do anything he can to screw Batista. And this is proof. <laughs> He's like, WrestleMania main event my ass. Oh, God. No, this puts WWE in a really rough predicament because this is the time of the year you need these guys to be active. Braun Strowman's going to be out with his knees. Triple H is going to be out with his pectoral. <coughs> Roman Reigns, gone. You know, it. it's going to be really interesting to see how they scramble to shift the power on just Raw. Because this is only affecting Raw right now. Oh my God, Pace, you mean they might have to actually push talented, young, and up-and-coming wrestlers? I'm interested to see what happens. And this might be the catalyst that gets me to start watching again. We'll see. You know what's going to happen is they're just going to bring back more fucking legends. Right. See, I think place. what they should do, and they should be smart about it, is Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, needs to stay a mid-card feud. Don't push it as your main shit. Give us something fresh. Somebody we haven't really seen get the push. Do it. Do it right. Yeah. You got the Bring opportunity. Somebody. Like, this is a blessing in disguise. As horrible it is, is to say that on the levels that we're talking about here. But you have a chance. Run with it. Yeah, it's great that you said that, because I was thinking that earlier today and I felt bad. But it's like, if you have to look at a silver lining, it's that they can't rely on these guys now. They can't rely mm -hmm. on Roman. They can't rely on Triple H. And those are the things that's been holding them back. I apologize to Triple H and Roman Reigns, but they're holding WWE back. Come on, AJ. Giving us injure Brock Lesnar. Injure Brock Lesnar at the pay-per-view. No, he's one of the talented ones. Don't get rid of him. <laughs> no, get rid um, of Brock Lesnar. Let's let's really make this interesting. Sean, put, put the universal title on Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to call out the monkey in the room, though. And that is... Triple H, in his long career, we'll say long career because it's been quite a while, has tore two different quads and now has tore his pec. Tearing your muscles off, like completely being <laughs> torn like that, is not a normal injury. No. Not even for not even for. He's got athletes. leprosy. He's just falling to pieces. It's well, that and it's symptoms of steroid abuse. Oh. And we all know what the old guy looks like. We all yeah. know how he feels about image. And we all know that not only is he kind of the boss, so he kind of determines who gets what tests, but 
they have outright said part-timers don't get drug tested. I don't know that Triple H is juicing, but so I does that mean Brock say... Lesnar doesn't get drug tested? No, remember that whole USADA thing? Oh, yeah, he got yeah, busted yeah. by USADA for do- comes to drugs. WWE WWE's to juice like, up to get clean to go back. Yep. Yeah, WWE was like, "Well, we can't test him," and it's like, "Well, wait a second, USADA tested him, so you know he's dirty. <laughs> it shouldn't matter if you test him or not. It wasn't our test. We don't know." God. So give him your test. We lost the cup. We only had one left. So I, I, if he is juicing, I think now is the time at his age and everything that's going on. Just, just put it down. Yeah, man. right. Just put it down. Just, just put it down. Oh, well, God, we aren't even halfway. We are. We're only halfway through the injury report. Uh, it's rough, but there is another name that's been reportedly added to the list of injured. As PWI Insiders reporting, Zelina Vega, the manager of SmackDown's Andrade Cien Alamos, was injured at the Evolution pay-per-view pace. No fucking shit. (laughs) Nia Jax launched her like a fucking missile. Lawn dart. (laughs) (laughs) Right onto Tamina Snuka. She's lucky Tamina Snuka was there to cushion the fall with her big-ass coconut head. (laughs) So, uh, it seems like she might have a concussion. She's not been featured on house shows in the last week, and she did not feature on this week's SmackDown when CN faced Mysterio. God, I bet that was a good match. I bet it was. Well, you never know. It's WWE. It's it's two amazingly talented young men. Yeah, hopefully. Um, Hopefully, she's not expected to be out long, and I hope she's not out long. Zelina's a, a great talent. She used to work in TNA as Rosita, and she was great there. She was uh, she was women's tag team champion with um, it was uh, Rosita and um, oh, who was the other one? I, I don't even remember now. All I can think of is Zelina and Rosita, and it was <laughs> uh, um, Sarita, Sarita. It was Sarita go. and Rosita, two very talented young women. Um. Which, by the way, we're obviously getting women's champion tag team championships pretty soon, too, because if everybody hasn't heard, we haven't reported it here yet. It just never makes our give-a-fuck news, but Stephanie McMahon and, and WWE itself has been handing out these flyers that say, we want women's tag championships. So WWE is handing out the flyers <laughs> They're to petitioning the for something that they're definitely to going to make happen. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it's going to be one of those things. The fans ask for it. <laughs> Which I, I would still, I, I don't mind it. I would love to see women's oh, tag yeah. titles, but it's classic WWE manipulation. Uh, we listen to our fans when we tell them what to say. Exactly. <laughs> Last and definitely least, because, you know, I'm not going to miss this son of a bitch, although I don't want anybody in Hey, he could have got another push here. There is an opening. This would have been the time. <laughs> Dave Meltzer again, good old Davey boy Meltz. Said he thinks Jinder Mahal is working through a shoulder injury. It's all he really said. He said that on the Wrestling Observer Radio, he didn't really add any more information to that. So who knows where that's going to go. Right. Is he working? I haven't seen him. But that's because we only watch the events. Exactly. He's not making the (laughs) events. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. And lastly, we're going to end on some sad news. (laughs) Nose. 
<laughs> sad nose. The nose knows. Wrestling, the sad nose was Triple H. We should have, if we're ending on a sad <laughs> nose, should have been Triple H. That is one sad nose. Yes, it is. Uh, wrestling legend Jose Lothario passed away this week, pasty, at the age of 83. Former NWA president Bruce Tharp broke the news on Twitter saying, sad news today, the great Jose Lothario has passed away. So thankful that I had the opportunity to induct him into the NWA Hall of Fame while I served as president. He was so happy, and it was my pleasure to induct him. God bless you, Jose Lothario, and may you rest in peace. Jose Lothario was inducted in the NWA Hall of Fame class of 2017, so just last year. But in WWE pasty, he may... Best be known for being the man who had trained Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels coming back from retirement killed him. Could have he been, drained could have the energy shot. from him. Siphoned it. <laughs> he, he stole his life force. <laughs> and then he did the same thing to Triple H. He's getting more powerful. <laughs> he's just... He's just gonna grow and grow and grow into the beast that can finally. That's why stop he had to Rob cut off Lesnar. his hair. He's got super saiyan hair if he doesn't cut it off. And he's gotta shave his head like six times a day. Yep. <laughs> he's sucking all the energy out of all the all the people to to take on Brock Lesnar. I want Shawn Michaels versus Brock Lesnar so bad. I think that'd be really good. And then that can re retire him. I'm not even gonna lie, I would love to see Brock just man yeah. Shawn. Yep. That would be entertaining because Sean Sean can fucking bump. That guy knows how to. It's got to be a long match. It can't be a a, a six minute match. I want it to be like um similar to the the John Cena match. I mean that wasn't horribly short, but not horribly long. But it was basically just all Brock Lesnar with like one or two Cenas in there. I want a little bit of Sean. Do you? I just want to see him bump. I want to see him just bump and bump. You know, I want to see him attempt a super kick into an F5. I, I was going to say, I would love to see Sean hit the super kick and Brock just no sells it and then gives him an F5. <laughs> that would be badass. Yeah. Sean hits, Sean hits him with the super kick, pins him one, two, three. Brock gets up immediately, starts yelling at Vince McMahon, flips off the audience, pulls an Austin Aries. And if Triple H can't <laughs> fight Batista at WrestleMania, I'm willing to bet Sean versus Batista for Triple H's best friend. God, best friend in the so, world. It's going to be a trophy. So reaching. It's <laughs> I would, if they were going to do, if they still want Batista in there, and I know Batista wants to be in there, I'd rather Batista, Brock. RKO, Randy. Batista, Randy. Okay. Batista, Why not? Brock it gives Randy something to do because, well, it would be. The Rock, I don't see the Rock. No, not the Rock. Brock. Oh, Brock. I thought Batista, you said the Brock. Brock. WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, actually, that I, I wouldn't mind WrestleMania. that. I wouldn't mind that. I don't know that there's a reason for it, but there wasn't a reason for Goldberg Brock either. It right. Happened. Yeah. But I don't mind giving it to Randy Orton just to keep Randy Orton away from everybody else. And there's history there. Batista. Wasn't Batista the one that turned on Randy Orton with Triple H, or was it vice versa? I don't remember. I know one of them turned on the other because they had him up on their shoulders. I think they things. took out Orton. I think I was going to say, yeah, I think it's Orton that, that got taken. Yeah. Out. So, yeah, there's some history. Right there. after he won his first champion or WWE championship. Yep. 
There's history. Yep, there. yep, yep. It'd be good. <laughs> well, Pasty, we were powerful. We rocked. Power rock! We couldn't, we, we couldn't talk. No. But, you know, two out of three ain't bad. You don't need to talk when you rock. When you got this cock, there's no need to talk. I don't know what that means. Three cheers for Okado. Warm up the potato. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. That's that's good. That's uh, tasty. It's tasteless, but tasty <laughs> all at the same time. Who'd have thunk it? What an oxymoron there. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed our show as much as we enjoyed giving it to you. And we gave it to you hard. Working stiff. Working stiff. Until next so week, I, folks. I am Fat Mac. And I am Spliff Splifferson. And we are powerfully going to beef you later. All right.